I remember I was looking at a, just like a sixplex here a few months back here in Halifax and the bank literally wanted 60% down. I'm like, this is absolutely not. I'm not, <laughs> so it's tough, man. It's tough. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Refined Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, Ian Armour, joined by my co-host, Manny. Today's episode, we're going to talk about the difference, some pros and cons between smaller assets versus some larger assets. Yeah, we, we just sort of give our takes. Uh, we've, we've had both smaller assets and now we're getting into even bigger assets so just some of the lessons we've learned or some of the pros that we see so uh, we really hope you guys enjoy that before that please like and subscribe five-star review on apple Podcasts, spotify youtube all that good stuff um and for you those that don't know we are real estate investors in halifax nova scotia we've done flips and burrs and wholesales we've done 60 plus units Units and we've got a bunch more in the pipe now. So, so yeah, we uh, we hope you guys enjoy this episode. And uh, if you have any questions, by all means, reach out to us on Instagram, on Facebook, whatever it might be. We are happy to chat. So, without further ado, let's get into the episode. So, yeah, Manny, you just had a uh, big weekend. So, maybe tell us a little bit about some of your takeaways from that. Yeah, man. So, I was in Niagara for the weekend at a Wealth Genius Expand conference. They have these twice a year, just like a big get together of all the members and also just a bunch of different vendors that come and talk to us about a bunch of different things. But honestly, by far, every single time I say it, my favorite thing just the networking, getting to hang out with people for like, you know, two, three straight days that are on the same wavelength as us, that have the same goals, same aspirations, that are doing bigger things too. You know, I'm talking to guys that are, you know, doing 10, 20, $100 million deals. You know, we don't, I don't get the chance to kind of see them in person and hang out on a regular basis. Zoom's one thing, but like when you're in person with them having dinner, you know, it's just a different game. So I had a, an amazing time. I can't wait for the next one. It's in December, but um, yeah, no, awesome weekend. What about you? How was your weekend? Oh, weekend was good. A lot more chill than that, especially when it comes to real estate. But uh, again, just chipping away at the things that we have uh, in the works, both down in the States, some of the portfolio stuff here, um, analyzing some deals, that type of stuff. Um, so yeah, more the the less fun stuff, but the, the necessary stuff. Exactly. It's still important. Very important. Oh, very much so. So uh, so yeah, the uh, show today, we just want to chat about some of the things that we've, we've seen between investing in smaller uh, assets and larger assets, some of the pros and cons, things to watch for, and also just trying to determine as an investor what route you want to go with things because uh, I know just chatting with some of the people that do listen to the show some people just want to go buy their first real estate portfolio or um, property and then some people want to scale their portfolio up to 100 200 300 units so uh, we're going to give some of our takes on some of the lessons we've learned or things that we felt from both assets groups so so uh, why don't we start with the small and uh, Manny, maybe we'll, maybe we'll get you to start with that. Sure, man. So I'll just chuck a couple pros out. For one, you know, I think the big thing, it's, it's not that intimidating. You can go buy a duplex, triplex, even if it's your first one, it can be daunting, but like it's not, 
like you're buying a 100, 200 unit portfolio. It's relatively like, you know, big picture, it's kind of small scale. So buying, or even if it's a single family home, it doesn't have to be a duplex, you know, it can be just any small multi or rental, not that intimidating. It's somewhat manageable. It doesn't have to cost a whole lot of money to get into it, you know, especially if you're going to house hack a type of thing, you can get in low money down. It's really like, I would say the majority of people start like that. You know, not, it's, it's rare that somebody just jumps into real estate and they'll buy a mid-sized or a large multifamily. So in that regard, I, I think that's a pretty major pro. Yeah, absolutely. Big pro for me in that regard is, and I guess it it's, it's looks like a pro and con depending on what way you want to look at it, but is the control or the, the know or the knowledge of what's going on. So, you know, if you're buying a single family house, you don't have a big team and information's coming from a bunch of different directions. Typically it's just you, you may be a partner, whatever it might be. And you know, basically what's going on. So whether it's a flip or an Airbnb or whatever it might be, uh, you're, you're really not that far away from the actual action that's happening. So, uh, so that's, that's quite nice, especially in the beginning as you're learning the ropes or if you, you know, are just systematizing these smaller deals, uh, it, it, you know, it's certainly a benefit to have a little bit more control in them. No, absolutely. Another pro, just this, they're cheaper compared to a big apartment building. You know, you can buy, well, <laughs> they can be pretty expensive here in Halifax, depending where you are. But all things considered, compared to multis or midsize or like larger apartment buildings, you know, a duplex, a triplex, they're much more affordable. You know, anywhere between you know three, they can go up to a million. Like I mean, they can get expensive, but still, like you know what I mean? It's 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 less expensive, even if you have to put twenty percent down. Like if you've bought a couple of them and you have to put twenty percent down on you know, 700,000, it's much more doable versus 20, 25% down on, you know, a multi-million dollar apartment building. Yep. A hundred percent. I guess another one for me would be the control. And so not the, before it was knowledge of what's going on, but this is the actual control. So especially in Halifax, for example, if you're buying a house or a duplex, the chance of you being able to go in and get the tenants out or whatever it is that you want to do so you can actually go in and do your renovations, much easier, much, much easier. Once you get into those, you know, four, five, six plus units, that's when the, the tenancy board and all that stuff comes into play. But if you just want to buy someone's house or duplex, chances are you'll be able to go in and, and have the control over that asset so you can get to work and, and make things happen quite quickly. So, Yeah. And then one other pro for me, like the last one here, is um, just financing. It can be easier, and you can get – you almost always are better rates than commercial rates. So your mortgage and will be cheaper than it would be if you're buying a big old apartment building. And also, like I said, the financing, like if you have a, a good job, you get pre-approved for X amount of money, and then you can just go shopping for what you're approved for. Whereas if you're buying a commercial – it's a different world. And we'll, we'll touch on that later on. Yeah, absolutely. Nope, that's a great one. So then I guess we'll get into some of the cons. So for for me, the big one that comes to mind would be scalability. So, to, to you know, that's by far the... Uh, I'd say the largest one. So, so that's, so in that, so you, yeah, you, you, it, it's harder to grow a portfolio that way, harder to scale up your assets that way. The, um, 
you know, you, you, you go in, you buy one. And then especially with uh, the way the banking system works here, you know, for your first hosts or two, three, maybe four, possibly it, it, it's pretty straightforward. But then once you get past that limit, things start getting a lot more complicated on the, the financing side. And then you don't get those as good of those rates. And then things get a little bit more expensive that way. The other thing is to scale that up. Now you actually have to start having teams teams in place and you're doing a lot more and then once you get into a few rentals it can be quite a bit of work so yeah you're you're losing that that element of control that we were talking about and you're now having to rely on more people you don't have as much sense of what's going on and again a lot of people have done it and done it quite successfully and then a lot of people you know they get stuck at that two three uh, rental properties and then that's about all that they can handle and uh, and you know a huge uh, proponent of that is just not building those systems and uh, and allowing yourself to scale that way but uh, yeah so a con for you so but that's actually my biggest con that you just touched on there scalability but the second biggest one would be is that the value of your residential buildings are based on the whims of the market so if you bought something for you know 500 grand and you do a lot of work to it, and it's worth more. But if all the comps around you that are similar have gone down in value, yours has gone down in value. Where it's not like that for um, commercial real estate, and that's just a bummer, you know? It's like, <laughs> but at the same time, when the market goes up like crazy, you know, your, the value of your stuff goes up like crazy. But, you know, for us, where we like predictability, we like control, just where we have to base the value of our assets strictly on what the market's doing, it's just not ideal for us. No, absolutely. And then I guess, um, yeah, those are, the again, some of the other stuff I'm going to say as the cons for the larger stuff is just going to, or the pros for the other stuff is kind of what the cons are that we're going to get in for some of the smaller projects here. But I think we can just jump into that so then we can just flow a little bit free, more freely from there. So let's go into some of the pros for some of the larger units. And by larger, we're not talking about, you know, 100 units. We're talking, you know, even 8, 10, 12 unit buildings and, uh, and going from there. So I'll start with one of my pros there would be your economics of scale for sure. So because you have a larger asset and in theory it's producing more income, you can go in and you can hire property managers, you can hire, you know, whole or more more people to do the larger um, renovation work. So it's it's not just a buddy helping you to go lay some flooring. You got, you know, say eight units to do, you can actually get proper construction crews in and uh and in theory that'll help you out but the the property management one's a huge one for me for sure so you know if you could you know those people listening that have two three tenants out there and they're like oh you know this can get quite stressful at times well imagine scaling up and you have a lot more uh, tenants to deal with that's going to get increasingly more difficult to do so as you grow and you you get larger buildings you gain that economics of scale where you can come in and get teams appropriate teams in place absolutely and i guess my my next pro it kind of goes hand in hand with my last con there the value of these buildings these apartment buildings are based off the noi and the cap rate so i just want to tell you a quick story Ian. i was going to text you but i'm like let me save it for the podcast had a meeting yesterday with a guy and he was telling me about an apartment building that sold here 
in South End of Halifax. And the person that bought it got it for an absolute steal. When I say steal, it was still pretty expensive, but compared to what it was actually worth. So this guy bought, so this is a large apartment building, you know, 100 plus units, you know, A plus area. He bought it for about 30, $31 million. And then he got it appraised three weeks later. And the appraisal came back at $39 million. So this yeah. guy made $8 million in like less than a month in equity, you know, like that's bonkers. And like, yep. and, and that's what happens on the, at this level, you know, and this guy, is this because he bought it undervalued? And I think he was able to increase some rents because there were some vacancies in that, in that time period. But like, where else are you making $8 million in less than a month? <laughs> you know, nowhere, yep. unless you're freaking messy or one of these top tier athletes yeah. or or like the billionaires out there there yeah that's <laughs> eight million is nothing to them no that's incredible i know um listening to and we referenced him a bunch is uh Hermosi, and he was like you know the easiest way to make a million dollars is buy something for nine million dollars and sell it for ten million dollars so it like goes into that so it's like again when you start thinking about these larger projects and yes, some of them might be a little bit more intimidating. Yes. There's a lot more knowledge, not necessarily more knowledge that you need to know, but you need different skills when you're going into these larger, larger projects. So I know like for me, for example, when I was doing, you know, my very first flips, it was like, okay, skills that I have, I can go lay flooring, I can go put trim on the walls, I can obviously get the roof done, that type of stuff. But then as we're, we're, you know, buying even, you know, the 24 unit that we just closed on, it's like, well, I, my, how fast I can lay flooring or do a roof has nothing to do with procuring this asset. So it was, uh, it's a definitely been a, a switch in in value based on what the skill sets are and how you can apply them so that's that's the other thing i guess to consider when you when you're any of these anyone listening is like okay should i go do a quick flicks uh fit uh flip and fix or fix and flip or should i go you know start looking for a six seven eight unit building so it's like okay what skills do you have are you good managing people are you good running numbers are you good dealing with contractors are you good laying flooring so it's like okay what what skills that do you already have that you can apply and that that should also help dictate what route you you move forward with no for sure I guess another pro for me too would be the fact when you're dealing with the sellers of these you know assets they're more business savvy people as opposed to the mom and pop owners that own single families or duplex triplexes so when you go into negotiations and you start talking about vendor take backs or you know seller financing type thing it's not like you're just you know talking to just a, a layman they they understand where you're coming from especially the bigger buildings because they understand the value of them and the financing at all comes down to interest rates and stuff like that. And like they're smart people, right? So like they see the benefits of seller financing, you know, the, just the tax implications and stuff like that. Whereas I, if I go talk to, you know, little grandma here that's selling her duplex, she doesn't know what a vendor take back is. So I have to teach her a whole new concept and she has to trust me. And it's just a, a layer of complication that is not, you know, it's not there when I'm talking to the guys that own the bigger stuff. Absolutely. And I know I countless times when trying to buy, you know, some of these larger buildings that I've mentioned to, 
um, to the potential sellers, hey, maybe we do a vendor take back. And they say, well, that's how I bought the building years ago. So it's like, yeah, this it, it's not a new concept. It's been been uh in use for for years and years and years so uh so yeah no absolutely it's a different client base when you're dealing with them but then you know having said that you know i know what you know we've we've uh looked at buildings before with sellers that are older and just want it nice easy you know they they've had it for 50 years and uh they're you know not necessarily sophisticated but they uh they certainly have a good good grasp on things so yeah yeah and they, they i don't want to say you can take advantage of them because that's not what i mean but you can usually negotiate a better deal with people like that versus the sophisticated people they know the value yep. of their buildings so you can of course there's always negotiation but like you're not taking advantage of anybody in, in that in that regard i guess one con let's chuck there's not many but like there are some there are some for sure for the big ones and like a big one for me is it's really not for well, okay. I was going to say it's not for like a new investor to go buy. And now when I say these bigger apartment buildings, let's, you know, you said earlier, like the, you know, eight, 12 units, let's talk about the bigger stuff. I would 50 units plus. If you're a brand new investor to go and buy something that's large, 20, 50, 100 units, I would not recommend it unless you have an amazing team, whether that be like a, a mentor that's kind of holding your hand through the process or, you know, or like one of your partners that's kind of done this stuff before, because these bigger things, there's these, it's a lot more money involved here. And especially if you're raising capital versus like your own money, when things go wrong on a small duplex, it's like, okay, this might be 10,000, 50,000, hundred loss, you know, but if something goes wrong on a hundred unit building, you know, this could be a million, multiple millions of dollars in the red, and um, it can just be devastating, not only to you, but to your investors, your reputation, and it can be hard to bounce back from. So unless you are well-equipped with a really, really strong team around you, there's value in starting small, because even with your own money. Like, raising money for your first deal, it's, again, I personally wouldn't suggest it unless... Like I said, you have people around you that have taught you along the way. But like me, I started with my own money. I think you did you as well for like oh, yeah. the first few deals too, right? Yep. So first handful. Same here. And then you evolve because at that point, you know how to manage your own properties. You know what you did and you've learned. You've probably read books. You've probably read, listened to podcasts, watched YouTube videos, educated yourself. And now you're prepared to t make the leap into the, to the big dogs. So, so jumping into something big right away wouldn't recommend it. So in, in that sense, it's kind of a con because it's a, this is a serious business. This is not just like, this is not mom and pop run stuff, man. This is some serious stuff involved here. Absolutely. And I guess on that note too, another con is again, because you are operating at a, a larger scale, things like regulation, regulatory changes can really throw a wrench in things. So if they, you know, mid project slap a rent cap on, which many people have experienced and your plan was to do uh, you know, five, six, 7% rent increase for the, over the next two, three years. And then all of a sudden your rents are completely capped. I mean, that could have a very large impact on the, the total outcome of the project. So yeah, big time. 
And now another con. I guess like earlier I said uh, a pro for the financing was – I'm sorry, a pro for the small stuff was financing. A con can sometimes be considered a fi- a f- for the financing for the big stuff, but some would, sometimes some would say it could be a pro because banks will loan you um, the money based off of like the DCR, so the debt cover ratio. Here in Canada, it's usually like they want 1.2, sometimes 1.1 with the CMHC stuff, but generally speaking, it's 1.2 if you just want traditional financing off the rip. And that's tough to hit right now, man, with these interest rates, and especially if somebody has depressed rents. So normally when you can get in for 25% down, now you might need to fork up 30, 35, 40, 50% down if you really want to make the numbers work. I remember I was looking at a just like a sixplex here a few months back here in Halifax, and the bank literally wanted 60% down. I'm like, this is absolutely not. I'm not <laughs> this is a, so it's tough, man. It's tough. So you have to, that's where creative financing will be a strength and, and make sure you understand that and leverage that. Um, but I guess on the flip side, it can be a pro sometimes because now, whereas in residential financing, they care about how much you make, like the individual. Now in commercial financing, they care about how the building's doing. So if the building's operating really well, then you can get those favorable terms. You could have no income. Well, They'll look into you still, but like it's really like the the bulk of it's like they care about how the building's doing. Yeah, no, I know. Like you know, students can get like master students and stuff. They can get mortgages on multi units. Again, is you know you have good credit and you can prove that the building's making money. Then you know you can certainly make things work. And and again, Janelle and I can certainly help anyone out with any of those financing questions. But uh, yeah, financing. Uh, and as we've seen uh, down in the states, they've their financing is even more all over the place. So, and yeah. you know the difference on you know we're looking at uh, you know uh, the 38 unit building for example right now, and the difference between getting a say five percent six percent interest rate and like a eight nine ten percent interest rate is the difference of thousands of dollars going from negative thousand dollars to actually positive a couple of thousand dollars so it's it's so important for for that type of stuff so um so yeah like interest rates they you know big project small project they they can suck either way but uh if you have a you know again a hundred units and you aren't prepared for those interest rates to go up that could really sink the project so yes absolutely um another pro for the big stuff i would say is the fact that you can more easily partner with people and what i mean by that is there's more meat on the bone to go around yeah like if me you thomas and our investors went and bought a duplex here in halifax like you know it would we we would make nominal gains it would be a, a waste of everybody's time but now if we're going to buy 24 units you know 76 units 100 plus units now that it's, it's profitable. It's profitable for everybody, and now we can split up roles. Yep. You know, I can do something. Ian can do something. Thomas, somebody else can do something. So it just makes life a little bit easier while also being more profitable and kind yep. of more, more fun. I don't know. Yeah. Some people like to go at it alone. There's a lot of lone wolves out there, and that's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with that, you know? If that's your personality type, know yourself, do your thing. But, like, if you're the kind of person that likes to, you know, work with others and really scale up just gigantic portfolios. It's, um, it's much easier to do as a team. Absolutely. And the old, uh, 
the old saying, it's, would you rather have a grape or would you rather one-tenth of a watermelon? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Watermelon all day, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess, um, what about you? you got, is, there, I can't think of many cons. It's because maybe that's my bias. Because I just think yeah. large. Okay, I, I would say one, con, like, pro. Let me go back to the other one. Is like, you can slowly over time build up like a small portfolio like you said like i met a guy just last week he had 20 duplexes all around hrm <laughs> oh yeah 20 duplexes and, and they're all paid off and he's ready to sell them all but like this this was his job though he managed it like he enjoyed the you know doing all the stuff like that's not us you know we're not yep. here to we're not here to buy ourselves another job but like you can scale up a small portfolio and be incredibly successful. But at the same time, it's like, what would you prefer? You know, 20 duplexes or one forty unit building? You know, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's I guess this, it all comes down to personal preference. Absolutely. And that's why real estate's so fun because there's so many different ways to go forward with it. So many paths, uh, you know, and like there's other people out there that have like, four or five airbnbs that are doing super well that you know cash flow wise they're gonna make way more than you know owning a hundred unit building but uh you know you fast forward another 20 30 years it's like okay who's doing better then and and again depending on how busy you want to be with it versus how much you want to just focus on other things so there's there's just so many things to consider so we just wanted to throw out a handful of uh you know, some of the things that we think, some of the hypotheticals out there. But yeah, this thing can get, uh, we again could go real deep on this, but we just wanted to uh, give you guys a handful of our thoughts on it and uh, and uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. Manny, anything to close? Just, you know, buy real estate, man. It doesn't yeah. have to be, you know, a big apartment. It could be something small. Just buy real estate. What, there's, it's really one of the best strategies there is to, to build wealth. Just do it wisely, you know, have some guidance, listen to our podcast, <laughs> listen to yeah. other podcasts. Cause I guarantee you over 20 years, you will, it, it, it'll be just so, so worthwhile. That would, that'd be my biggest takeaway. I wish Janelle was here. Cause I know she, she kind of likes the smaller stuff. So it'd be cool to hear her take on us. Cause obviously me and you are obviously biased towards the big stuff, but like the small stuff, man, it's, it's good stuff. It's the, 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 that's what I actually tell a lot of my coworkers, my nurse friends. You know, I'm like, listen, just buy one or two small multis. You don't got to go crazy and just pay that thing off. There's your pension. Yeah. You're set. You can retire early and then you can go do whatever you want. So, yeah, yeah that, that, that'd be my, my final takeaway. No, excellent way to finish. So, uh, yeah, no, I think that will be uh, it for us today. So, everyone, thank you very much for listening. Please like and subscribe. We we certainly appreciate any five star reviews. Again, just trying to build this community, and uh, again, trying our target audience is our our was us probably four, five, six years ago. It's if if we had a resource like this, a lot of a lot of. Uh, headaches could have been saved. So uh, appreciate everyone listening and we'll be back next week.